in Gilead this morning because the World Health Organization had a report last week that wasn't too great uh, for this company, said that remdesivir is actually not helping keep people out of the hospitals. Obviously, uh, they are uh, strongly combating that message. So what did you make of this analysis and what does it mean for the stock? Yeah, Oliver, you know, look, um, remdesivir was the first drug approved against COVID-19 disease. I mean, it's the first brand name therapeutic that's been approved. Um, Gilead had this drug uh, sort of uh, right to go against antiviral diseases and was able to put it, you know, into action, so to speak, in March, April timeframe. Uh, normally, clinical trials take a, a while to set up. You need to identify the patient population where drugs can work. Uh, understand the size effect of the drug, et cetera, et cetera. This process takes about three to five years. Um, Gilead was able to make that happen in you know three to six months. Um, they also let the WHO run a trial, uh, which is what the WHO is writing about. So uh, look, the takeaway is that that trial was across a lot of patients, uh, many different patient subgroups. Um, the drug didn't do as well, um, and probably some of those patients did better in others. I think a recent New England Journal of Medicine um, publication um, you know, just recently released a couple of weeks ago, indicates that the drug has activity. And in the future, we'll see subgroups of patients where it is likely to be very effective as Gilead does a lot of the blocking and tacking, tackling that normally goes into clinical trials over three to five years, in, which in this case happened within three to six months. So, you know, it's not the greatest drug in the world, but it does work. I think the WHO report is a little superficial, a little facile, uh, and we look forward to more data Gilead to understand where the works. Okay, so Gilead's obviously uh, pushing back against this. It's done studies of its own, to your point, that have been more compelling. It seems like, looking from your notes also, Hartaj, that this is not just a remdesivir story. As you point out, it's not the best. We're hoping that some of these other treatments, some of the antibody treatments, et cetera, might be more effective, some of the stuff that's uh, in the works right now. But from a Gilead stock perspective, it seems like generally like the company's pipeline uh, that is obviously not remdesivir. That's not part of the pipeline. I mean, this was something they tried to adapt to the situation at hand. Right, Oliver. I mean, you're, you're, you're bang on. I mean, look, Gilead is a company that in its uh, slightly over two de decades of, you know, being in existence as a publicly traded firm, um, you know, has helped uh, cure, um, you know, more human beings than most other entities on this planet in terms of HIV, hepatitis C. This is a company that believes in bringing really great signs into the clinic uh, and, and, and to treat really hard to difficult to treat human diseases. That carries over into their pipeline. Um, you know, they don't like to go off to drugs that they that they don't consider to have great clinical efficacy. I think their new management team that just came on board, you know, a year and a half ago, is bro is broadening out their their perspective from R and D perspective, you know, into oncology, into other areas. Um, and and I think that is starting to bear fruit now in 2021, which is why we like it. We think Remdesivir will add to the sales and earnings progression going forward, uh, and then the rem the, uh, the the pipeline will start showing itself next year. Lastly, look, I mean, the company has had a rough three to five years. I think it takes a little while to get to let companies get out of the penalty box. Uh, and Gilead is sort of exiting that right now. But I, I don't think it'll just happen overnight. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, two potential uh, new treatments happening. So that's the case for Gilead as a whole, as a stock. If we move more specifically into the COVID space, let's talk some Moderna here uh, because uh, we've been waiting for vaccine news the last couple of weeks. For a lot of these companies, it's been a little bit more of a setback. We saw Eli Lilly's treatment uh, that had to be put on hold. One of the other vaccine trials also put on hold. For Moderna here, 
Is this more specifically a COVID play? Is this a binary outcome on whether or not they can develop something? Um, I think it is. Um, you know, this is a company that is, uh, you know, 25, 26 all billion market cap. A lot of people push back uh, that, wow, it's really expensive. You know, our our basic, um, you know, thesis is that Moderna is in, uh, is an opportunity that's really never been seen in biotech before. Uh, biotech up till now has vastly been what's called haute couture. You know, in New York, one dress, one person, or one person, one dress. That approach, one disease, one drug. Moderna has a scalable platform that lets them bring multiple projects into the clinic in human trials, uh, and which is why they were also ready with the scalable platform when you know COVID-19 hit in March. So I think people don't really understand, understand the scalability of their franchise. I mean, they already have 20 plus projects in the clinic, which is equal to what Regeneron has, which has been around for you know 20 plus years. Um, you know, next year they should become break-even, which a lot of companies don't really do once they're uh, once they're in the public markets for quite a few years. Um, so I think Moderna scalability is something that investors have not seen you know, previously, which is why we think it's got quite a ways to run. Okay, so Moderna, quite a ways to run. We're going to trade that bullishly in a sec, but before we let you go, I want to make sure to talk some Regeneron here. Obviously, with the president's COVID case, this became even more commonplace uh, for those following the situation. Anybody following the stock market, of course, has been watching Regeneron for some time, long before COVID as well. I think this one's kind of interesting because it seems like you've got the COVID-specific play with their antibody treatment, and then also just the company's ingenuity pre-COVID as well and the way this company has positioned itself as, uh, uh, as, as an innovator in the space. Yep, and Oliver, I mean, you've hit it kind of on, you know, the nail on the head. I mean, think about COVID-19 development, right? So vaccines are going to help society get back to normal, right? I mean, that's the key there, which is what excites people with companies like Moderna, other companies in this space also. Regeneron and Gilead have therapies that keep people from dying or getting worse in the hospital. That has a huge economic cost on society. It actually costs a lot more to treat a patient in a hospital than to give them a vaccine while they're still healthy and, and in normal shape. So um, I think with Regeneron, you're seeing you know, this sort of their ability to bring a cocktail antibody like they did with Ebola a few years ago, which just got approved commercially uh, to bring that to bear in COVID-19, which was helpful with, uh, with President Trump when he was treated. I think a lot of people who are in those uh, clinical trials should be able to see that benefit also. Now, of course, we do need to see these clinical trials read out. There's always, you know, clinical trial risk involved in biotech. But I do believe that Regeneron, um, you know, the the leverage that they have through their cocktail antibodies in COVID-19 is still not in a lot of analyst uh, models, including ours.